37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. everybody welcome back to episode 303 of pixelated paranormal i of course am sean i'm wearing a sweatshirt because by golly it's cold here in kansas last week we had like what six to eight inches of snow in this area yeah i got uh i got like seven and a half out where Mm -hmm. we live yeah we got about six to eight here uh it was pretty wild but anyway the snow is melting because right now it's raining like cats and dogs outside and it's just chilly just bone-chillingly cold out. Cold-ass bitch. And with me, as always, of course, is Preston. Preston, buddy, how are you? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocodiles, you <clears throat> crocodingos, you skeletors and skeletons and witchers and witches and whatever the fuck else you want to be? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I made some uh, Krampus uh, Christmas ornaments. I made some Bigfoot Christmas ornaments. I got a skull with a sand hand on, making that out of clay. My fucking wrist hurts. Uh I found this was a complete surprise to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen too often where I forget about something and it's like fucking Christmas around here. I was in the pantry the other day and I was looking for a Ziploc bag to put something <laughs> in. And at the bottom of the pantry, I discovered a sixer of Old Faithful. That's right. Tall grass brewing buffalo sweat (laughs) that's probably been in my pantry for like a year and a half, but I'm like, fuck me. It was in the fridge, and I cracked one of those open tonight, and God, it is smooth like honey butter. I am excited. So Hell yeah, man. I'm working on a French toast breakfast bastard. It's a uh, French toast cinnamon vanilla ale for all you other uh, connoisseurs out there but we're not here to talk about beer we're here to talk about some weird shit so uh, let's start things off with a little bit of fun news here shall we presto what's your favorite steven spielberg movie of all time um man that's uh that's that's a tough one because uh, technically he directed all the indiana jones um Oh, yeah, true, and those are uh, near and dear to you, right? Yeah, so I'm going to really, like, The Last Crusades. That counts. Yeah, we're going to go Last Crusades. Um, Goonies, of course, is Spielberg. Am I wrong? No, that's that's Spielberg, yeah. And that's, okay, I was uh, like, wait, why did I doubt myself all of a sudden? <laughs> we're supposed to be coming up with a another one, a, a part two for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hear, man. Goonies is near and dear to my heart as well. My brother and I grew up watching that just countless times growing up. But for those of you who answered E.T., our first news story is for you. Because an animatronic head of E.T., the beloved alien left behind on Earth in Steven Spielberg's classic movie, E.T., the uh, extraterrestrial, the E.T. head is expected to sell for as much as $1 million at auction, being held on December 14th through 17th in Beverly Hills, California. Now, the animatronic model from E.T. is part of a larger sale organized by Julian's Auctions and Turner Classic Movies. More than 1,000 props and memorabilia from all sorts of movies, mostly being well-known science fiction, fantasy, and action films, are expected to be at the auction. 
Now, this model comes from Rambaldi's own collection, some high and mighty guy in the uh, prop collecting world. And apparently another full figure sold for $2.56 million last November in another ET-related prop auction. Anywho, so this guy's expected to go for right around half a million to maybe upwards of one whole million dollars. Mm. Holy shit. Mm. Yeah. They, they had a pretty cool full-sized um, E.T. prop over at 1313 Mockingbird Lane in Lawrence that uh, Shayla and I were trying to convince each other we had to have, but it was like 2K. <laughs> so not today. Not, not today. today. Well, our second and last news story, hot, fast, quick, and easy here. A unique museum named for legendary horror actor Vincent Price is set to open in Monterey Park, California. Vincent Price, best known for his many horror films from the 50s through the 90s, including the classic House of Wax. And then for some of you younger folks, Edward Scissorhands and the creepy voice from Michael Jackson's Thriller. Little do people know, he's actually also a giant art nut, or I should say he was. Unfortunately, he's gone. But his history goes back to 1951. Vincent Price was asked to be a keynote speaker for the graduation commencement for the art museum. And in 1957, he donated 90 art objects as a teaching collection to East L.A.'s college. It was the first community college in the nation to have a teaching collection. Not a lot of people knew that Vincent Price was actually a giant art collector and a huge fan of art, but yeah, he is being deemed the name for the Vincent Price Art Museum, which oh. is just freaking awesome. Oh. Well, anyway, folks, why waste more time, am I right? We're here tonight back for our third and final episode of our return of the Revenge of the Mothman series. And again, this series, of course, was spurred on from the plethora of recent and more modern sightings of the bizarre, large, winged humanoids, which, of course, are eerily similar to the general description of the notorious Point Pleasant, West Virginia Mothman. And just like we said over the last several weeks, tonight's stories have been pulled from, and only lightly paraphrased from, Tobias Whalen's book, The Lake Michigan Mothman, published back in 2019. And again, because the book's already written so well, it's worth mentioning that we're not going to do too much rewriting, so we got to give credit where credit's due. And the majority of what we're going to be sharing tonight, of course, comes almost word for word from the book. And again, if you want a nice deep dive into Mothman itself, we originally covered Mothman in depth back on our 66th episode, which was our first Cryptid Encounters episode as well, and still one of my personal favorites. Anyway... We're back with more stories about Mothman. Tonight's first tale comes from an anonymous source that says her first sightings were on Racine Street in Chicago back in the 1970s, only one year after Floyd Hancock had his personal run-in with the winged abductor. And for those of you with short-term memory like myself, of course, Floyd Hancock was the boy from the story from last episode who was supposedly taken from his family's trailer in the middle of the night and then abruptly returned back from them by a winged beast and dropped on top of their trailer park home like some sort of discarded sack of old potatoes. This story occurs from 1970 all the way into 1974. 
and the being in question was observed many times by the witness's family. And during its various encounters, the creature in question has taken several different forms, which is something that we don't normally hear about. It's not just the classic form of the old Mothman. Now, the witness doesn't go into detail about the many encounters, but talks about the beast itself. She said she describes the winged being as living in a vacant warehouse next door to her family's home. Fucking bum. <laughs> right, yeah, it's just a vagrant. Over on 1751 West Berwyn Street in Chicago's Anderson neighborhood. But even when the family would move, they were still haunted by some strange creature that seemed to always take up residence near any home they'd move into. The witness describes the being as a bit of a shapeshifter, but believes the original form would be about seven feet tall with wings that span nearly six feet or more. The creature in question here, she says, has a goblin-like face and ears with a bat-like set of wings, but way more flexible. It's dark brown, real brown, almost black in color, with red eyes that almost glow in the dark with claw-like feet and very long fingers and arms. The wings, she says, are more like on its back, though, more like a bird. And it has a long tail that's pointed towards the end, almost like the Jersey Devil. She says that oddly the arms aren't connected to the wings, though. They're actually separate, which is sometimes slightly different from what we hear with Mothman just having big old thick thighs, a big trunky torso, and then wings without any actual arms. She says this creature is extremely fast in its normal form. But her family also witnessed the creature in many other forms. One being a moth-like creature, and in this form, its hands and wings are attached and is closer to six feet tall with long teeth. But she said it also takes the form of a bat, but much bigger, three feet in size, with red eyes, being black in color, again with a set of very gnarly long teeth. But in this form, it's not really that fast, but still faster than a human being. But oddly enough, she said this creature also would take on the form of a goblin-like creature, with hands and wings being separate, gray and black in color with long teeth, but human-like hands, but still with long claws and sharp talons on both of its feet. But she said in this form, this creature also tended to drool, but still had red and brown eyes, and with this time being about three and a half feet tall. So this thing goes from being like seven foot tall down to a, you know, diminutive backyard pool height. It, it reminds me when you said that, like, he drools Pennywise. So Bill Skaz. Oh, gross. Pennywise. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just like coming out. It's like, dude, I, I am not a tasty piece of meat, Mothman. <laughs> you have to get to know mm-hmm. me first motherfucker. She said no matter the different forms it took, the creature was always seen inside several of the homes they lived in. The creature hated dogs and tended to perch itself high up to avoid being seen, oftentimes hiding in the shadows like it was stalking you, similar to that of a feline. She said no matter what form it took, though, it had a strange odor, almost like a musty or moss-like smell. But she said once you smelled it, you never forgot it. It's mean in nature, and it likes to show you that it's in control, no matter the form. And also, no matter the form it took, it also would tend to let out large, screeching noises that were hard to explain. 
She says she doesn't have a photo of the creature and can't explain why her family has seen it so many times. And she has no answers, but she knows it's real. She said one example of the incident that occurred near Lake Michigan shoreline in North Indiana was when she was about 10 years old. She said they went to visit her cousin and they had gone fishing. They had cleaned fish at the lakeside, and before they left, her cousin said to leave the heads and scales near the river bank. Suddenly, the being flew down and ate most of the remains. Her cousin said, as long as you give back to it, it won't bother you. And they continued to see the creature several times after. Next up, we have this report from a spiritual author named Nefer Creepy. I don't think I said that right, but whatever. That's what we're rolling <laughs> Kepri. with. Kepri. In which she describes her yeah, her father's terrifying encounter with a winged being just north of Chicago in 1976. According to Kefri, I'd like to report secondhand what my dad saw in 1976. I was 14 at the time. I grew up in Waukegan. My dad worked part-time nights at Victor Memorial Hospital, which I believe is located along Sheridan Road. After work one night, he went to help a friend who had car trouble after the Marathon Restaurant, which was located along the train tracks by Johnson's Outboard Motor Company right off Lake Michigan. It was a full moon! Ooh. And they were in the parking lot where my dad was giving the guy's car a jump i was about to read that the very wrong way and he was giving my dad was giving this guy something else when yeah, all of this a sudden, is not a late night episode yeah now. this is not a late night episode my dad suddenly felt scared if if something was watching them they were two or more very tall silos there or some structure and then there were probably three stories high his dad looked up in the moonlight, he saw a black figure crouch down watching them. It had glowing red eyes. Ooh. <laughs> he told his friend to look, so they both did. Dad said the creature was probably around six feet tall because it was so high up, and even from that angle, it looked large. That's right, the angle <laughs> of the dangle. It definitely wasn't a bird or anything he'd ever seen before. Dad said he sensed it was evil. Ooh. Removed the jumper cables and got the fuck out of there. They didn't even bother to lock up his friend's car. That's how frightened they were. As they drove off, they heard a loud swooshing sound, and then something seemed to hit the vehicle and then slid across the top of my dad's car. Jesus fucking Christ, that top of that car should have been dented, but whatever. <laughs> he kept going, convinced that something was trying to drive them off the road. Like, you know, Jurassic Park, when they're in that Jeep and that fucking T-Rex is just like headbanging the side of it? That mm -hmm. is what's going mm -hmm. on in this story. The next day, Dad was freaking out because you could see three long scratches on the top of the car, and I saw them myself. They were about a quarter inch apart. There were four of them, and it looked like a talon of a large bird had scratched the shit out of that car. And from that point on, I was banned from going to the lake after dark, and my dad didn't even like me going there during the day either. My dad got off work at 10 p.m., and so it's probably a 15-minute drive to the marathon from the hospital. So I'd estimate the sighting had occurred around 10.30 p.m., and I remember 
School had just let out for the summer, and it was before my birthday in June, and my dad was always stressed when the moon was full because they could see everything. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the angle of the dangle. Um, the I like to think of a paranormal Bo Duke just, you know, butt sliding across the hood of this thing with two membranous wings given both birds. That's what I need from you, Presto. I need a Mothman Bo Duke sliding across the hood of a car graphic for the uh, cover art for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> think we can make that happen? Yeah, we can make that happen. Well, up next... It's the 80s now, and Mothman, of course, is down with the ladies. Two more reports received in the 1980s echo the seemingly psychic relationship between the beings and the unsuspecting population in which it inspires such terror. The first such report is the story of a man who had experienced a psychic encounter with a thin, black-winged humanoid that he says had intense red eyes. The witness prefaces this story by saying that he had not known of the winged humanoid sightings before reported throughout the Chicago metro area until he stumbled upon an article which he learned of similar encounters to what he experienced back in Cicero back in 1981. Now at the time, he was a 13-year-old boy in 1981 who, through his own description, had suffered terrible abuse during his young life. On this particular evening, like many previous other evenings, he sought solitude in his backyard. Now, for whatever reason, he was able to employ a self-taught form of meditation that helped him cope with the abuse received from both his parents. And as he sat on the grass, he entered into a deep level of spiritual awareness that had become more heightened than he'd ever remembered. And soon he became aware of an unknown presence. So he said he exited this meditation state and he immediately noticed a pair of intense red eyes staring back at him all the way from across the alleyway. He said the being standing there must have been about 75 feet away from him, leaning against the neighbor's garage. And he said he described the creature as thin with a black human shape that stood nearly seven feet high. This he measured in comparison to the four foot high chain-link fence at the end of his yard. There were wings folded on the creature's back that extended above its long, thin head. But those intense red eyes captured his concentration to the point where he said he was literally paralyzed and frozen in place. Then he said before he knew it, the being was soon communicating with him in a telepathic form, more intent in garnering his attention than actually expressing information. The experience lagged between about five to seven minutes and he said that during the event, he was filled with an assortment of emotions that ranged from sheer tranquility to sheer terror. He said that he recognized that he wasn't dreaming or in a reflective state, and that whatever the being was, it was actually standing there, communicating with him. That was the moment where his perspective of the world around him changed forever. He said he never forgot the encounter, and it was heavily influencing on his life from there on out. Though he was reluctant to disclose the incident until he started college and became part of an environment that would pay attention to what he had to say and not just judge him from the experience. But he still didn't understand why he was a recipient of the winged humanoid scrutiny. Now the second similar report comes from yet another anonymous witness. Of course, they're all anonymous, right? <laughs> this coming from Naperville 
an area 25 miles west of Chicago, taking place roughly 20 years ago. The witness says they were a senior in high school, taking a late night ride with their boyfriend near her boyfriend's house in Naperville, Illinois. They were sneaking out to have a cigarette, and as they were driving along the street, slowly with both windows completely down, her boyfriend had a Mustang and didn't want to make too much noise to wake up the neighborhood with his loud exhaust, so they just creeped along in the dark. But they said they heard a loud screech from off in the distance. She said we looked at each other and confirmed that we both had heard the same thing. And so he slowed down to a complete stop to listen. And then all of a sudden, coming from the left side of the driver's side, front windshield, appeared this gargoyle-like thing that was about four feet in length with wings, front claws, reptilian-like skin, and big glowing eyes. The color is hard to remember, but she said it's almost transparent, maybe even purple. As it flew in front of the windshield, literally over the car's hood, it then stopped and suddenly proceeded to scare the shit out of both of us. Its eyes protruded from its head and made a snarling-like gesture. It definitely was trying to scare us, and then it flew off and disappeared. Now this happened so quickly, the adrenaline in our veins pumped instantly from fright, and immediately after the thing flew off, I looked to the left at my boyfriend, and every hair on both his arms was standing straight up. That wasn't that wasn't the only thing standing straight up. <laughs> you so badly want this thing to be some kind of raunchy Mothman fan fiction. But again, we both confirmed that what we had just seen, and we were bewildered. 20 years later, I still wonder what we had seen. I researched on my own on the net, and I have found that what I witnessed was probably the same as many that are still out there. This sighting makes me a believer that there is another dimension that we can't see, and sometimes the creature may even show its face. This thing, this entity, wasn't nice, it was demonic, and it used its power over us to scare us beyond anything I've ever felt before. I drive by that location all the time. I live near it. Now, the location is also near a wooded area and a subdivision, and get this, it's also near an abbey and a monastery. The land that we were traveling on and also the wooded area that perhaps it lived in was once land owned by the abbey. So is there a connection here? I'd love to know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a gargoyle, man. Mothman's cool, but so are gargoyles. They talk about, uh, I don't know if you watched when you were a kid, but Disney's Gargoyles, I used to watch that shit in the morning before school and they talked about making oh, yeah, it into a live action movie. Like, my dick, my dick got hard. I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a, uh, a really cool line of toys from NECA. They've got a pretty serious set of gargoyle toys mm. as well. Yeah. The next witness to share their story is a woman in Rockford, Illinois, who said that 1999, along with her husband and a girlfriend, witnessed a flying red-eyed gargoyle. Rockford is about 75 miles northwest of Chicago's downtown and 60 miles west of Lake Michigan, so close to the other two stories. The incident occurred during the summer. It was an early evening when there was a full moon 
Ooh, just like the other story. The trio was relaxing, and you said this this wasn't going to be a uh, smutty nighttime episode. I, I think a little menage a trois was going on there. <laughs> um, on their friend's front porch, which was located on Willard Avenue west of uh, Auburn High School in Cottonwood Airport in Rockford, Illinois. During a conversation, one of the friends stopped talking and began to stare across the street. And thus, the other two looked in the same direction and noticed a dark, gray, winged humanoid slowly flying near a large tree. One witness stated that it seemed like the being was in slow motion and glided toward the tree. One of the friends said, Did you see that? The witnesses were close enough to notice that this gargoyle-like creature had small cat-like ears and intense red eyes. There were no other facial features visible, and it was quite muscular throughout the body, and it had two defined legs and arms that were attached to wings. She stated that the winged humanoid was even seven feet in length with a wide wingspan. The wings were like those of a bat, leather-like membranes, and at one point the being perched itself up in a tree, but then left suddenly and again took to flight. The witness's husband took notice and said that the winged being was gliding toward a pair of large pine trees and its legs were kicking up and down while it was in flight. The being flew between two, the two pine trees and then suddenly vanished. Uh-oh. After the incidents, the witnesses stated that they seemed to have all forgotten the encounter until a year later. Similarly, one witness added that another friend of hers had told her after hearing her story that she too had seen a big bat hanging upside down from a tree near Rockford's Nelson Bridge. Ultimately, the witnesses were unsure of exactly what they had seen. And one said, people asked me if it could have been a demon. I don't know what I saw, <laughs> but I'll never forget it. Oh wait, hold on, hold hmm. on. I can redo. I can do that better. Can you take it again? People ask me if it could have been a demon. I don't know what I saw, but I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I love how that filter when you go high pitched, it kind of like warbles and screeches oh, yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> we call that filter Southern Cat Lady. Yeah. All right, now let's fast forward to the early aughts. Okay, this story is from back in the late summer of 2000, around August. There's a park dam in town by the name of Goshen, Indiana, that people frequently visit during the day. A friend of mine lived right near the dam, and sometimes at night we would head out and just go hang out over there. One clear night, we decided to take a walk down by the dam and since there was a full moon out and it was really bright, we thought, sure, why not? So we walked to the dam, which is about a five-minute walk. Now, once you get to the dam area, there's a long path along the top of the lake that you have to walk to get to the end, just where the dam starts. Now, we were walking like normal, just talking and looking around at the sky, when we approached the end area of the dam. Now, there are some steps you have to go down to to get to the bottom that usually are used by people who like to fish. Anyway, we start hearing this loud rumbling, like the rocks moving like crazy down below. 
We were like, what the heck's that noise? What's going on down there? And then all of a sudden we hear this whoosh. It was something similar to the whoosh you would hear from a pterodactyl in a Jurassic Park movie. That's the only way I can describe it. Kaka, tookie, tookie, whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> Man, the Foley work we do on this show is unparalleled. It sounded, <laughs> it sounded right at the edge of the dam, but it was too dark to clearly see it. What we did see, though, was the outline before it swooped into the moonlight. And I remember feeling the intense rush of air from the flap. I've seen a lot of birds growing up in the country and traveling to all kinds of nature parks, and this was no ordinary bird. It had a scarily similar resemblance to the creeper in mid-flight with its wings from the movie Jeepers Creepers. But that's not the scary part. After not more than three whooshes from the wings, we hear the brush behind us that leads to the woods start moving around. Then we hear, BANG! Somebody was shooting at the creature. We bolted out of there as fast as we could, sprinting back towards the parking lot at the end of the dam, when we hear this loud crash at the opposite side of the lake where we think the creature landed. We got back to my friend's house and heard police sirens, and so we didn't go back out after that. We just decided to go back the next day when it was light outside to see what crashed on the opposite side. There were huge broken tree branches, but nothing else. There was a man outside walking around the area, and he said that he lives nearby, and he heard something that sounded like a plane crashing in the trees. But still, there was no sign of anything but the broken trees. My friend and I talk about this thing every time we see each other. His, his uncle witnessed something like that back in 2002 in the South Bend area. Anyway, the real question is, who was shooting at this thing? That's what bugs me out of all of this. After all these years, we started making jokes that maybe it was Van Helsing, LOL. But yeah, when I hear stories like that, it really makes you think of all the other things that might be out there. Now, there's still tons more stories chock full in this book. The book also is a great read because it talks about Tobias and his two partners and the different investigations they do and how they gather their data. But that's awfully windy and worthy to, uh, wordy to add into the podcast, so I figured we'd stop there. But I want to share one more story of Mothman that we haven't really talked about, Presto, and I didn't even put it in the notes here. Lay it on me. Lay it we on talk me. about Mothman in the U.S., predominantly up there in you know Chicago now and back over in West Virginia. But what about stories of a Mothman-type creature down in Mexico? Well, there's stories of a Mothman-like creature from down in Mexico with tales dating back several decades. There's been sightings of creatures like the one described in West Virginia that have been occupying northern parts of the country for quite some time. Some stories of the Mexican Mothman, they call it, also known in Spanish as El Hombre Polilla, have even been carried by mainstream Mexican media. Well, anyway, back on January 8, 2017, ABC Radio out of Mexicali, Baja, California, La Voz de la Frontera, or in English, The Voice of the Borderlands, interviewed Ernesto Campa, who had several encounters with a Mexican Mothman dating back from over 20 years. He said back when he was a boy living in the Colonia Oziba neighborhood of Mexicali, 
Campa saw a large winged creature flying over him at night, which landed on a short distance in front of him. The being was about two meters tall, with very long legs, and a wingspan nearly four meters twelve feet wide. It was covered in fur, but no feathers. It had red eyes that burned in the night. The fur was either gray or black. Anyway, the young Ernesto Campa could tell from the anatomy of the creature that it was male. Man, Preston, we're just getting dangerously close to some fan fiction here, buddy. Mm. <laughs> But the being was also slender, but still very muscular. He saw the same Mothman-type creature many years later in Santa Barbara in a neighborhood of Mexicali just north of his boyhood home. The creature appeared very late at night, when only the gas station and pharmacy were open, and there were very few people out and about. Campa and eight other witnesses saw the flying humanoid pass over the area and land upright near the neighborhood primary school. The description here is still the same. Dark fur, burning red eyes, and a tall athletic body with a massive wingspan. Another encounter was found in the local press, which happened in the Pacific coastal city of Ensenada in the Mexican state of Baja, California, back in the spring of 2016. Yesenio Bustos Brown was working late at a bar and was closing for the night. She claimed she heard a rustling or flapping sound and looked out the window just in time to see a large winged creature standing on top of a small shed located back behind the bar. This creature had glowing red eyes and looked squarely at her before it spread its wings, then flying away off into the direction of the desert. To an interviewer, Yesenia reported that at first she thought it was a large bird, like a pelican, but she said it was too big to be a pelican, and it looked too human to be a bird. It had a dark brown or gray fur covering the entire body and had gigantic wings, again, nearly 12 feet across. She said it had legs and feet like a human, and it had hair all over its face, but it had a bald forehead. She said she was alone at the bar and nobody else saw it. She said she knew it wasn't a burden to her. She thought... It was the devil himself. Yesenia then called her mother the next day to tell her about the encounter, and Yesenia's mom told her that when she was a little girl herself, living on a small rancho in the state of Sonora, that a similar creature was reported there and even allegedly attacked a young girl. This would have been clear back in the 60s or early 70s in the northwest corner of the state, as Yesenia's mother recalled. Now, paranormal investigator Stalin Valle Osuna has tracked the Mexican Mothman for the past few years and said that on the Insolita Experiencia show that it's not uncommon for the creature to attack children or even carry away small dogs or even small livestock like baby sheep. Many sightings of the being occur in rural areas and are connected to missing livestock. Valle presented a tape testimony of two more witnesses, this time being two men known as Alejandro and Javier, who worked as ranch hands at a place called the Carrero La Mesa, just outside of Tijuana, near the Mexican border and the United States. Tijuana, sorry. The two ranch hands described the creature as being three to four meters tall and having the body of a human, but again covered in fur, with a mane of fur like a lion. When the creature landed, it crouched on the ground and moved like a crab from side to side. 
Nothing seemed to bother it, and even though it made eye contact with Alejandra and Javier both, they reported the creature didn't seem to be afraid at the presence of both the men. The two spoke to local police, and a police artist drew a small sketch of what the two had saw on a piece of yellow lined notebook paper. The creature's head looked more like a bat's, but with a human body and large feet. In Asuna's compilation of various Mothman sightings, he claims that it's not uncommon for witnesses to dream about the creature before seeing it. Now, according to several researchers, the Ajito of San Lorenzo, near the town of San Pedro in a state of Coahuas, man, butchered that one, has also been plagued by Mothman sightings for at least two generations. The locals believe the families of these creatures live in the remote desert hills. And according to San Lorenzo resident Senua Venezuela, she describes the creatures as a species that are 1.8 meters tall, which instead of feathers have fur. They have human semi-like bodies. And at the moment you see it, the creature paralyzes you. It has a consciousness and sometimes it has a mental power that makes you feel like it wants you to feel, kind of like it controls your mind. It's interesting to note here also that Venezuela's first encounter with the Mexican version of the Mothman occurred at 4 p.m. in the afternoon in broad daylight. Now She said she wasn't the only witness, and in one encounter, according to Venezuela, someone even shot the creature while it's flying away, but seemed to have missed the creature entirely. To date, no body of the Mexican Mothman has ever been recovered, and additionally, no fur or other physical evidence has ever been left behind by the creature for any scientist to study. All that exists are the eyewitness testimonies, some blurry photos, and the sound recorded by one paranormal investigator, which, which may or may not have come from the mysterious flying humanoid. I think uh, I think Lazarus has it right that it, it ain't Mothman, it's the Bat Squatch. And I like to think that when the thing mm. landed... Um, that, you know, as it's walking around like a crab and it gets up next to the people in the streets, mm -hmm. it sounds something like this. Soy Batman. That was a lot of buildup for uh, not much payoff there, champ. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but any hoozle, how about that Mexican Mothman cherry on top this three-part Sunday, huh? There you go, man. Wow. Whatever it is, dude. I love me a good Bigfoot, but I think I'm a little more enthralled by the old flying humanoids. Yeah. Bat Squatch is my spirit creature. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, man. If I could dig it out, I don't know if I can or not here real quick. I should have probably uh, prepared this as a visual aid. Shayla actually bought me a little Mothman Funko Pop. Oh, know you can't see it because of my ring light, but uh, oh. yeah, holy shit, save the matches. What about if I do that? Can you see it? Nope, I'm an idiot, and I am not very good at this. So any hoozle, Shayla got me one of those. It's pretty sweet. That concludes this three-parter on even more Mothman, Revenge of the Return of the Mothman. It's time for us to move on to something else. But in the meantime, if you're on the old social medias, please give us a follow over on Instagram. We are at PXL Paranormal. If you're over on Facebook, follow us. We are the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Give us a like, a follow, and even a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts these days. Preston, where all are we streaming, buddy? So on YouTube, we're up to 293 subscribers. I mean, we're seven away from 300. 
so if you're joining us on YouTube for the first time, uh, that little green Mothman bat squatch cum bubble down at the bottom that says like and subscribe. I don't know. Maybe follow those directions and do what it says and like and subscribe <laughs> and share with all your friends because uh, it'd be nice. You know what? As a Christmas present from uh, you to us, <laughs> get, it, get us up to 300. You know what I'm saying? Get us yep. up to 300. And then we're up to 14 uh, followers on Rumble. So we've gained a couple this week. Oh, uh, so they, yeah, wow. that's, that's always good. We're up to uh, 13 on Kick. Uh, and then I, I got to thinking because the other day when we were streaming uh, the D&D session rob was like i thought you guys were on twitch i told my friend to look you up on twitch well i created a twitch account tonight because with our uh oh damn with our restream subscription we were able to stream to five platforms so if you uh, go on twitch and look up pxlpara you will find the podcast. Uh, so we are now streaming on Twitch. So if you're a Twitcher, uh, <laughs> follow us on the sh- <laughs> on the program. You know, watch us on Twitch. Uh, Lazarus asks us to do some goat dudes. We will, man. We will definitely get back into goat men, goat man, and goat woman, and we'll have you on to discuss with us, pal. Because I know you probably got a couple. If anybody knows how to get a um, hot chip challenge chip speaking of doing things on camera let us know our buddy scott from over at global strangeness uh sent over one of these hot chips but i'd like to get another one that way presto and i can both do one or we can lady and tramp the the one that we have but um yeah we'll be doing something with uh, scott from global strangeness here pretty quick mm. if not presto um i have a bottle of de bomb hot sauce from hot mm. ones which we can probably do something with and that'll just ruin your whole day so yeah yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, buddy. What do you got on Dobbs? Uh, well, <clears throat> in the notes, I did the My Daily Natro. Uh, oh, my pro- bad, baby. Go ahead. Go first. ahead. Do your thing. So, As you were. Yeah. Attention all Bigfoot enthusiasts and fans of the supernatural. We have a special announcement just for you. Introducing My Daily Naturals, the ultimate solution to cleanse your gut and keep your body in balance. Picture this. Bigfoot roaming through the forest, searching for that perfect vitamin to support his legendary physique. Well, look no further, my furry friends. My Daily Naturals has got you covered with the power of ozone and essential minerals. Your gut will be cleansed. Your cellular function will be optimized like never before. But that's not all. We know that a healthy gut needs the right stuff, so My Daily Naturals will help you Repopulate your gut flora with the perfect blend of natural elements. Say goodbye to digestive woes and hello to easy digestion. Nature is normal, just like Bigfoot himself. That's why my daily naturals is dedicated to providing you with the finest, most natural ingredients to support your body's balance. It's like a forest feast for your gut. And here's the best part. By using promo code... P-X-L-P-A-R-A at checkout, you will not only be taking care of your own health, but you'll also be supporting your favorite podcast. It's a win-win situation, folks. So whether you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or turning in for the first time on Twitch, check the comments uh, 
below for a description to the link to My Daily Naturals. Remember, My Daily Naturals, keeping Bigfoot and your gut happy one vitamin at a time. Now, for the one thing you've all been waiting for, need a beard, want a beard, want to grow the best (laughs) goddamn beard possible. Well, ladies and gentlemen, gather around. It's time to unleash your inner goblin and tame that unruly facial hair with the one and only Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0. That's right. Get ready for a wild ride that'll leave your beard smoother than a goblin's pocket bush. That's right. You're a frisky goblin. Imagine this. You're a frisky goblin with a pointy nose and hair that's more chaotic than a mothman on roller skates. Fear not, my friends. Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0 is here to save the day. It's like a magical potion that turns your wild whiskers into a masterpiece fit for the cryptid runaway. And speaking of cryptids, ever wonder how to catch the elusive mothman? Forget about nets and tarps and all that crap. Just apply some Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0 and watch as the Mothman swoops down, mesmerized by the irresistible scent of your luscious beard. It's like a moth to the flame with a much, much happier ending, if you know what I mean. But wait, there's more. Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0 isn't just for uh, taming mythical creatures. Oh, no. It is a secret weapon for seduction. Imagine yourself strolling through the darkest corners of the forest when suddenly you lock eyes with the most horrid cryptid creature ever imaginable. Fear not, because just a dab of Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0 will have that creature weak at the knees, begging for your attention. (laughs) Now, the best part, use promo code PXLPARA at checkout and you'll get a whopping 20% off your order. That's right, 20% to help you conquer the world with your perfectly groomed beard. So whether you're a goblin, a mothman enthusiast, or a fearless cryptid conqueror, Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0 is your ultimate grooming companion. Get ready to transform your facial hair into a work of of art. Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0, better than butter and more magical than a unicorn's mane. Order now and unleash the power of your beard. Get it all, get it adopts. Holy crap, that was <sighs> just about the same length of the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Good stuff, man, good stuff. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see Leslie and then the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post, Pawnee, and Seneca, and then also check out Paranormal Experience, the food truck, and Paranormal.cafe, the brick-and-mortar store. Cool. Well, with that, Preston, what do you think, man? It's December. We're getting close to Christmas. Any plans for next episode? No. Well, so I am polishing up the third parter on the Borderlands. You'd want wanted me to do, you know, I I, I said pick a chapter, and you're like Reign of Frogs, um, mm-hmm. and I, I I kept telling you what that chapter was about, and once I actually started deep diving in that chapter, uh, mm-hmm. I was completely wrong uh, on what what that uh, chapter was about, but it's a very (laughs) fortuitous situation. Okay. Pay attention to that word, fortuitous, because there is Mm -hmm. a special paranormal author that uh, has uh, done some really good works over the year, and that chapter is actually all about him and his influence on the paranormal culture. And uh, so I, I don't I don't know if it'll be next episode. We we might do some Christmas shit, but uh, before okay. the e- end of the year, 
get ready, folks, for the reign of frogs. Sweet, 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 sweet. Um, what's funny as well is we have now posted enough episodes to Squarespace that it has officially booted episode 16, or was it 17? Oh. That was our Christmas special, our very first Christmas special. It's no longer listed on our list of episodes. So what I may have to do is repost that uh, here in the next few weeks because, again, that's one of our favorites. Yeah, it's officially – hmm, is it officially gone? Yeah, man, I think it's officially gone. So that was our first episode where, man, we did some serious deep diving into some old Christmas lore of Krampus, uh, Der Belschnickel, Frau Perched, and some others. So I'll throw that one back up sometime soon. That way people can listen to that. That's back where we uh, talked about the mushrooms and everything else. So we'll do that. We'll definitely, Lazarus, we'll definitely get to some Christmas monsters that we haven't covered before. And also something that I had brought up too, Presto, it's high time we do an episode about creepy, um, sorry, creepy monsters, creepy and haunted toys. Yeah. We've talked about haunted toys before, but there's a whole plethora of like just bizarre children's toys out there that were legitimately put out and failed miserably because of either how creepy they were or just how stupid they were or how bizarre they were. You know what? So we definitely got to talk about those, man. Some asshole the other day on uh, Instagram posted a video of uh, Tickle, Tickle Me Elmo without the red fur on it. So it was just the robotic skeleton underneath. And he turned it on, and that thing is fucking creepy <laughs> without its red Elmo fur. Like, that's the Nightmare thing. Nightmare fuel. Yeah, so fuck you, whoever posted that video, you piece of shit. <laughs> I think, did I send that to you, or did you find it on your own? No, I found it on my own. I'm just like, should I send uh, this to Sean? Should I not send this to Sean? I thought it, maybe I sent it to you because I came across it as well, but <laughs> why don't we just call it? Let's just do creepy, uh, creepy toys next episode. How about okay. it? You heard it awesome. here, folks. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, definitely be a, a, should be a full hour, if not a little longer, or possibly broken into two episodes. I don't know. But for now, I'm going to raise this leftover glass of French Toast Bastard and say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. <laughs>